in 05 and 06 I deployed to Kuwait I used to wait every day for them to say Nature going home I missed my life, missed my wife For 15 months she was all alone But when I got back I felt out of control Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold I keep on drinking so I'm sinking in a river of liquor Me and my wife weren't alright, I didn't reconnect with it I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be so I Invested in myself, I started seeing coaches Life is a camera, I fixed the lens and now I see in focus Now my life's unrecognizable From my life just a couple years ago 17 plus years of marriage, it's never been better than this and we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm gonna be a leader I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want Look, if I said it, then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done Consider it done If you need some inspiration, you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey Bailey Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. Championship Leadership Podcast. And today we have uh, a special one for you. William Santana Lee uh, with Nightscope, company Nightscope out of Silicon Valley in California. Thanks for being here today, William. Appreciate it. Uh, Thanks, Nate. Appreciate you having us. Yeah, absolutely. So before we hop into a little bit more about you and Nightscope and what you guys are up to, I always like to ask this question. uh, Championship Leadership is the name of the podcast podcast so what kind of comes to mind for you when you hear championship leadership what's that mean to you when you hear that championship leadership i mean you've got to really strive for it um there's all kinds of leadership type of things and to me the best way you can become a champion uh as well as a leader is you got to pick something that you're deeply almost irrationally uh attached to um because the 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 track or the journey to becoming a leader can be a very long one and you're going to get challenged every which way possible and if you're not willing to go down to the mat like when it gets really 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 bad and you're about to give up you got to have something that you're so tied to emotionally psychologically that you're willing to fight for to the very end Um, and that's the only way you're likely going to become a champion yeah absolutely i love that what, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and Nightscope and maybe a little bit of the journey on, on, on um, what's brought you to where you are today and, and uh, what you guys are up to with, with Nightscope for those that don't, aren't familiar. Sure. Uh, so my, my name is Bill Lee. I'm the chairman and CEO of uh, Nightscope and one of the co-founders. Uh, by way of trade, I'm an ex-automotive uh, executive uh, spent, uh, let's see, 10 years, 12 different jobs, four different continents at Ford Motor Company, um, building cars. Um, I pretty much worked in every functional area um, uh, in engineering and manufacturing, rationalization, finance, market research, uh, product strategy, uh, a lot of product development work. Um, my second to last job there, I was a director of mergers and acquisitions, as I like to say, when we're running around buying everything. Uh, and my last job, uh, ill-advised, um, I was an entrepreneur. Um, I built a company for Ford. Uh, so I, I had, uh, 
after six months and 23 executive reviews, convinced the board to release a quarter billion dollars to me to do a roll-up in the used parts industry. And for those of you in the audience that might not know what a roll-up is, is basically you buy one type of company, buy another one and buy another one and buy another one of all the same type. And now you have one big one. Mm -hmm. uh, so for those uh, old schoolers, uh, auto nation or waste management or blockbuster is kind of how those grew. Uh, so I, I had uh, ended up building the world's second largest automotive recycler. I had bought uh, 22 companies in 11 months. Uh, I had about 600 employees doing about 150 million in sales. And that kind of gave me the entrepreneurial bug pretty, pretty early in my career. Yeah. Um, and then fast forward to Nightscope. Um, uh, we're on this crazy mission to see if we can make the United States of America the safest country in the world. Um, so for the last almost de decade, uh, we've been building uh, a unique set of uh, autonomous security robots that are uh, a combination of self-driving autonomous technology, like a self-driving car, uh -huh. uh, robotics, AI, and electric vehicles all combined into one. So take four really hard things and put them into one yeah. and have these running around the country 24-7, uh, helping officers and security guards uh, better uh, protect the places you live, work, study, and, and visit. That's incredible. So uh, could you dive in a little bit more into exactly how that works? Sure. We work for Big Brother and the robots are coming to kill everybody and take everyone's job. And oh, oh sorry, wrong. wrong. <laughs> um, so the, uh, the the robots do two different things. Um, one is to just physically deter uh, negative behavior. Uh, so crime has a two trillion dollar negative ec economic impact on the U.S. every single year. Uh, if you're not convinced that we have a problem, just, you know, Google FBI crime clock and click on that and you'll see that every few seconds there's a horrendous uh, violent crime or property crime uh, occurring in our, in our country. Um, and the idea is uh, one to just provide a physical deterrent. So if I put a cop car in front of your home or your office, criminal behavior changes. Sure. So you put a five foot tall, 400 pound robot uh, roaming around on its own. It's not remote controlled. Um, strobe lights going, it says police or security on the side. Uh, and you pull into that parking lot and you want to go steal a vehicle, like you're going to at least do a double take before you go do that. And that yeah. just being there stopped a lot of uh, silliness from happening in the first place. Uh, and then second is just to give the officers and guards eyes, ears, and voice on the ground, multiple locations at the same time. So they can remotely monitor what's going on 360 degree high definition live streaming video at eye level, not the top of your head. Uh, the machines can read several hundred license plates a minute. You can speak through a machine as if it's a mobile PA system. So think of it as kind of really powerful tools yeah. uh, for the officers and guards to have uh, superhuman capabilities at their fingertips. Yeah, I love it. What's uh? So as as of right now, this is this is only something uh, available to like law enforcement and. No, actually, we. Um, so in my opinion, it's ill-advised for younger companies to do business to government sales as the you know kind of initial go-to-market. Like that's not a good idea. Yeah. Um, so we're primarily uh, corporate campuses, commercial real estate, a lot of hospitals, a lot of casinos, manufacturing plants, logistics facilities, um, basically anywhere you might see an officer guard patrolling, mm -hmm. um, either indoors or outdoors, mostly outdoors. It's yeah. likely an opportunity uh, for us. So like a power utility 
uh, substation would be another you know kind of location. I mean, ultimately, would this be something where um, you know s- someone could personally own one of these things down the road? Um, so business to business first, uh, yeah. business to government second. So we're okay. almost done with the two-year nightmare cybersecurity review uh, process with the U.S. federal government. We're hoping for an ATO at the end of the year, so that would be an authority to operate. Um, and then last, business to consumer, um, which is a completely different animal. Th- that yeah. said, we do have uh, clients that are apartment complexes, HOA, Sure. Um, kind of, uh, kind of larger, uh, areas where these are used. Yeah. Okay. Well, I see, uh, if you're listening, you, you wouldn't see this, but if you're watching this here on YouTube, uh, you have the big, uh, picture star Wars, uh, image behind you. Is there, is there any, uh, ties to that, uh, to, to inspiration, if you will, to what, what you do with Nightscope? Yeah, it's a combination of, you know, technology at the nth degree, but it's also the the fight of, you know, good against evil. Um, And like we're in it every day. We have the honor and privilege of getting up every morning in Silicon Valley and and doing something about the ongoing violence in our country. Um, And, you know, we're we're kind of tired of all the bickering. We we just assume go fix the problem. Um, So that's what we're doing. What in, yeah, what what did you know, how do you go from many, many years in the auto industry to deciding to um, take take this venture on and to with um, yeah, that one hinges more on the personal side is um, you know, I was born in New York City. Uh, someone hit my town on 9/11. I'm still profoundly pissed off about it. Mm-hmm. And the rest of my life, I'm dedicating to better securing our country. Uh, I already invested nearly a decade and I'm prepared to invest another two or three decades to force what needs to happen to happen. I, I don't think the founders of our country ever expected us to build a society where going to work, going to school or going to a movie theater literally came with the risk of being shot or killed like that. I'm sorry, that's not acceptable. Right. Um, the first role of government is to protect its citizens. Um, but when someone shoots up a school or a, or a church today or a mosque, you know, who gets fired? No one. Right. Because no one's accountable, right? The, at the Department of Defense, you know, there's one person in charge, the Secretary of Defense, right? Yeah. There's a huge military complex of Northrop Grumman, Lockheed Martin, Raytheon to build a soldier, the two plus million soldiers, every level capability you might ever imagine. Something goes wrong, someone does get fired, right? Yeah. Uh, on our own soil, that doesn't happen, right? Yeah. The US Department of Justice and the US Department of Homeland Security have no federal jurisdiction, over 19,000 law enforcement agencies and 8,000 private security firms. There's no one in charge. There's no innovation process. There's no risk capital and there's no accountability. And so that's how we find ourselves in this mess of we give the soldiers every level of capability you might ever imagine or could never imagine in a theater of war but 2 million people, a million guards and a million officers get up on our own soil are willing to take a bullet for you and your family. And the level of technology that we provide to them as a country is what the technological equivalent of a number two pencil and a notepad. Yeah. And, and that just got to stop. Um, so that's what we're hoping to fix uh, over the coming couple of decades. Yeah, that's incredible. I love that. Um, it's is who else is out there? Uh, 
kind of taking that stand with you guys? Are, are you kind of on your own when it comes to this front or? Um, well, it depends on how you want to categorize this front. It, are, are there lots of folks trying to fix the problem um, and try to better secure the country? Yes. Uh, from a cyber standpoint, from a physical security standpoint, from new technological tools, and we applaud all of them. Uh, mm -hmm. We would be highly naive and arrogant to think that we're going to do this all by ourselves. Like that's not going to happen. You're going to need a massive cross-section of the country to go, all right, enough, enough. We, we need to change how we, how we innovate in public safety. Um, but, you know, there are folks working on it. In terms of uh, autonomous robots, you know, operating outside 24-7 in the real world with meaningful contracts, um we're likely the the only ones I, i'm hoping there be some more in the in in the future uh, but what we're doing is technologically very difficult um, maybe to just put this in context for your audience um so how many of you today uh listening you know are getting chauffeured around in a self-driving car yeah silence why because no one's getting chauffeured around in a self-driving car right. but i thought we're you know it's 2022 you know, I said this back in 2013, this is going to take a long time. And um, I'm sure my numbers are a little bit off, but over $100 billion, $100 billion has been invested in self-driving autonomous stuff. There's like 200 companies working on it. And their collective revenue is close to zero, if not zero. And I believe we're the only company in the world operating 24-7 across an entire nation, you know, with you know, recurring revenue with real clients in the real world. And that speaks to how difficult this is. If a couple hundred companies with a hundred billion dollars couldn't get something out and start generating some revenue, mm, it might be kind of hard. Um, I think over the next, you know, five, 10, 15 years, you know, uh, autonomy for real uh, will start happening in, you know, pockets here and there, but large scale, fully autonomous is going to take a very, very long time. Yeah. Yeah. Is this uh, just nationwide? Is this something that that uh, other parts of the world are taking advantage of as well through Nightscope or? No, absolutely not. Um, so I've worked on four continents. I know what it technically requires to do that. I work for our shareholders. I'm not going to put that level of risk uh, yeah. on, on the shareholder base. Uh, one, two, our stated mission is to secure the U.S. Right. And so what I kind of told our team was, all right, uh, once we've accomplished our mission and we're operating in all 50 states and the, the U.S. is the safest country in the world and we've got nothing else to do, yeah. great. We can go work on stuff outside the U.S. Yeah. And until then, like, absolutely not. And, yeah. you know, 95% of startups fail. And part of it is the CEO is not willing to say no. Right. And it's it's been painful. Don't get me wrong. Like, sure. you get you know, five, 10 years of people asking you to do stuff outside the US and you keep saying no. Um, and uh, it becomes very, very awkward. Mm -hmm. um, but again, I work for our shareholders. I'm focused on long-term shareholder improvement and, and value creation. And one really good way is to stay focused on the problem. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, who are some, who, who have been some championship leaders, coaches, mentors, people that have really impacted you uh, in a, in a influential way. And, and what are some of the characteristics that have really stood out for you that maybe have helped guide and mold who you are today as a leader? I always struggle with this question to be frank, Nate. Yeah. 
I always struggle with this question. You get this question a lot? I do tons of interviews, so I, I get yeah. this question a lot. And I, I struggle with it because everyone's like, you want to pick one person or or two people that were massive influences on you and guided you. And that didn't never really, I mean, truthfully never happened for me. Um, the, the type of person that motivates me um, typically is a founder in some form. It's that slightly irrational person who's competent, smart, and driven and passionate about what they're doing. And, you know, that could be a Steve Jobs, it could be an Elon Musk, but it could also be, I don't know, a hip hop artist who started from literally nothing and built a massive empire. And there's, you know, more than one of them. And if you listen to those stories or, you know, go back to the History Channel and, you know, listen to what happened with, you know, how Andrew Carnegie, you know, got going and, uh, you know, my alma mater at yeah, Ford Motor Company at, and Henry Ford, like those stories are the ones that get me motivated, but I don't have the answer that you're looking for, which is here are the two people that really did it for me. Like that doesn't exist for me. Yeah, no, I do. I, uh, I'm not really looking for an answer at all. I'm just <laughs> always curious to hear. And you're not, a, you're not the only one. There's, there's been a number of people kind of with a similar story that don't have a lot of you know, direct mentors or, or people that have really impacted them, um, which is always a little bit interesting to hear as well. So, um, you know, I think there's, there's probably a lot to that and just kind of figuring it out and, and, and kind of, I mean, I, maybe I'll I'll take a different, I'll take a different tack, Nate. I, I, I think, uh, one thing that, you know, um, I think is broken in capital formation and and startups is governance. Um, So typically, a founder will sell one or two board seats at each financing to the highest bidder, whoever wrote the largest check gets a board seat, which to me is absolutely ludicrous Mm -hmm. and plain stupid. Like, just because you wrote the largest check does not qualify you to sit on the board of a company. Um, And so for eight, nine years, I held out as the sole director of Nightscope. And I got heavily, heavily criticized for that. And so maybe taking a question a different way, wanting some coaches and and mentors and people I look up to, uh, I actually handpicked the six independent board members. Uh, You can go to nightscope.com slash board and see who I picked. Um, as we took the company uh, public earlier uh, this year. And you start looking at it, it's very seasoned executives who built billion dollar companies and, you know, and sold them, have stood up massive organizations to help the US Department of Homeland Security, have been in the innovation process, have been extremely successful sales executives. Um, and oh, by the way, um, 43, 45% of the board uh, is minority, uh, 80, 85% female. And since I'm half Latin, half Asian, a hundred percent diverse. Um, and so to me, I think a founder has a right to architect the brand, pick the team, pick the facilities, uh, figure out what technology or product they're going to be delivering or service. They should also have the right to pick the right board at the right time with the right skill mix and the right demeanor. And I'm lucky to have 
uh, had, you know, half a dozen awesome seasoned executives join us on this, uh, on this crazy journey with, with Nightscope and, you know, be able to lean on them. And, you know, when I get stuck, um, you know, I don't know what to do here or how, how can you help me with the situation? Or yeah. can I just, I need a, <laughs> I need a shoulder to cry on, um, you know, th that, that board, um, I'm very proud to, to have on as, as part of, uh, of Nightscope. So what, what challenges have you had or, um, maybe, maybe, uh, vice versa, what, what are some unique benefits that you've had, uh, in taking the company in this last year public as a leader, like what, what has, how has that changed things? How has that not, you know, better or worse? As uh, so everything went smoothly according to plan. No, no issues at all. The whole nine years, Nate, it's, it's been smooth sailing. It's been very boring. There's nothing to do here. <laughs> yeah, I don't so uh, let's see how to explain this. Um, so the manner in which we raised the capital, we had raised like just before the listing about a hundred and north of $120 million in equity uh, from 35,000 investors uh, from a massive cross section of the US that is financially motivated and supportive of helping us figure out a way to innovate public safety. Um, it is not normal to take a company public with 35,000 investors. It's usually, I don't know, 100, 500, 1,000. I mean, it's not, 35,000 is completely insane. Like we literally broke the prior transfer agents system um, because they couldn't process it all. Um, so the manner in which we're kind of running the company, we're kind of having to report to the SEC as if we're publicly traded, but we didn't have any of the benefits. So I needed to get us out of that, what I call purgatory. Uh, so the, the benefits have been uh, one to, you know, get the company out there and have access to the wider capital markets. You know, so right after the listing, we announced a $100 million committed equity facility with, with B. Riley. Um, second, I, I've said this publicly before, like I have some experience in mergers and acquisitions and so has my CFO, actually half the management team. Um, so I've been out hunting uh, to see, you know, if there are opportunities for us to grow, not just organically, but, you know, be a bit acquisitive um, and uh, seeing if there's an opportunity for revenue, uh, technology, talent, uh, and or facilities are all four. Um, and, you know, we've come across a very long list of opportunities where we're vetting for the short, medium, uh, and long-term. Um, and having that currency or that ability um, can, can also help, uh, again, access to the, the wider capital markets is, is, uh, is, is important. Bella Checker and Nick Saban coaches at the, at the, the highest levels, continuing to find ways to, um, you know, win championships year after year and have success and, and continue to be able to evolve and, st and, and as, as they get older and older, continue to stay, I guess, young with the game, if you would. So, um, what are some ways that you, you see, uh, the vision in what you guys are doing changing, or does it, does it, does it remain the same? I know you, cause you've also mentioned, um, you know, kind of sticking to what it is that you want to do and, and, and saying no more. Uh, so I'm just curious, kind of the vision for you short-term next five to 10 years and, and the impact that you, you want to make with that. 
Um, so the, our mission to make the U.S. the safest country in the world is a little daunting, and it's a little it's a little nuts. I mean, the country's over 200 years old. We're in our 46th president. No one's been able to fix this problem, and we're going to come in and fix it. And people are expecting uh, that's you know one issue with the stock market is like, is it done yet? <laughs> like, right. Okay, I don't think you kind of understand the the level of difficulty here. I'm not saying we're we're you know what Tesla has done and SpaceX has done is absolutely incredible. Uh, we're at least in that same quadrant of level of difficulty. Mm -hmm. um, so to me, uh, looking forward, you know, criminals and terrorists can be anywhere. Yeah. So if you believe in the mission, night scope needs to be everywhere. And that means every nook and cranny, both indoors and outdoors, um, and securing the, you know, underpass of a bridge is not necessarily the same as securing the ATM vestibule for a bank. Um, so we're going to need to develop a bunch of different form factors, you know, small, medium, large, and extra large to cover the inner workings of a U.S. federal courthouse up through a city and a highway uh, and everything in between. So there's going to be a proliferation of, of products. Uh, and then, as I often say, we need these machines to be able to see, feel, hear, and smell and do 100 times more than a human could. So the simple math is there are a million guards and a million officers. They're running 24-7. At any given time, you can't triple shift a human. So you only have 500,000 humans trying to secure 332 million Americans across 50 states. Like the yeah. math doesn't work. Right. Um, so, but if we could put a million machines in network to give those 500,000 people really smart eyes and ears uh, and their voice on the ground so they can do their jobs much, much more effectively, the likelihood we put a massive dent in the problem is really high. And that's what I'm focused on. How, how much do you battle on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, kind of maybe even a shift in people's mindset or perspective around just the idea of, of having, you know, one of your autonomous robots or machines um, on, in every nook and cranny. And like that really kind of changes the world, right? That changes the, the landscape that changes, you know, it's, it's kind of like the Jetsons. It's, uh, you know, is that hard for a lot of people to grasp? Is that hard for a lot of people to accept? Is there any challenge there? I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a New Yorker, but the one thing definitely from Southern hospitality or, or Southern just basic etiquette fixes the problem. Like if you properly introduce yourself to the tenants, the students, the faculty, the homeowners, the employees explain what the machines do, why they're here, mm -hmm. then, you know, all in favor, I, yeah. everything goes smooth, swimmingly well. And we have, I'm speaking from experience here, we've now sure. operated more than 1.7 million hours across the country, we have, we've learned a thing or two, because yeah. <laughs> we've seen a thing or two. Yeah. And, um, if you don't introduce yourself and you just go put this technology out there, um, everything that you could possibly think is going to go wrong will go wrong, yeah. right? You have 30 years of Hollywood being a service and a disservice uh, mm -hmm. to, to what we're doing. But, you know, in general, most humans are reasonably rational and bright. And if you can explain what, why this is here and what's it good for, then no issue at all. And and, you know, when we, it was really hard to land our first hospital, you know, the second, third, fourth, fifth hospital, a lot easier. 
Yeah. Uh, we've now landed our first, you know, law enforcement agency. The next conversation with the next mayor and the next chief gets a lot easier. Yeah. You know, I don't know how many casinos we have, but the first one was hard. Then, sure. you know, so little by little, um, you know, it, it, it makes sense. And then at some point it should become boring. Yeah, right. And a good example would be you today would not be able to build as a real estate developer if you were one, uh, a new building without a smoke detector or fire alarm. You would be like, this is this is actually stupid. Like, why are we having this conversation? Of course you need to have this. Yeah. At some point in the future, right, for three, five, or seven bucks an hour, you didn't want to sec properly secure your facility with these machines. Like you're going to be looked at as being negligent. Yeah. Um, so it'll take some time, but, you know, we're prepared uh, to, to stick to it uh, for yeah. the long haul. Absolutely. Uh, as we, we kind of near the end here, I, uh, a question that I often like to ask, um, what's, a, what's a critical moment for you? I think we all have many of these, but uh, obviously you made the decision that you have, which has you where you are today, but had you not be in a very different place than you are today. I think there's a lot of people, especially these last few years going through these moments and, and there's, there's a lot of power hearing from others and how they've chose and decided in those moments. So is there a moment that comes to mind that you could share uh, with the listeners today? Uh, it happened. It happens all the time. I mean, you know, uh, I've been through more than a, a few startups. Um, yep. Some of them haven't worked out. And you just, no matter how painful it is, you just got to get up, dust yourself off, back in the ring you go. You can't sit around sulking or what if or whatever. Um, and you got to stay true to that, that mission. And then once you get on that mission and you're back in the ring, you're going to get punched in the face again. Like I kind of half joke, um, you know, you know what's, your, what's your nutritional kind of, what's your diet? You know, well, the founder's diet, oh, that's easy. You, you get punched in the face for breakfast, you get kicked in the stomach for lunch, and then you get body slammed for dinner. And then you got to get up the next morning, smile in your face, yeah. turn on the camera and get back at it. Dude, and you, you can't let anyone tell you no. Um, if And that's why it's really important what I said earlier, you got to pick something that you're slightly irrational uh, about seeing through. So you have the energy to be able to get up that next morning and go, okay, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm beat to hell, but I got to get back in the ring because if I don't, this is not going to work. And, you know, frankly, people don't want to hear it. Your lawyers don't care. Your auditors don't care. Your clients don't care. In some cases, your teammates don't care. Sometimes your family doesn't care. Sometimes your friends are like, you're out of your mind. And you just got to block the whole thing out and go, all right, I got to get back at it. And you need to do a little trick, which I often do, which is um, negative fuel is the worst thing you can, or the best thing you can tell me is no, keep telling me no. Yeah. And I'm going to show you how wrong you are. And all those folks that, you know, years ago turned us down uh, to get into the seed round of when we we're trying to raise money telling us this is ridiculous. Yeah, well, you know, they all got proven wrong plus some. Yeah. And um, you just got to keep at it. And, and once you're a publicly traded company, it doesn't stop. Now it's just more magnified. Like, right. okay, well, this company didn't do this and this time or whatever, and they want immediate results. And it's like, listen, uh, you know, what we're doing is technologically really difficult. 
we're on plan to what we're doing. We always pretty much do what we say we're going to go do. Um, and you don't want to bet against this team. And so people will learn over time, uh, as the markets will, that, you know, the short, medium term is usually volatile, but over the long term, uh, it'll take care of itself. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, uh, well, this has nothing to do with Nightscope, but I see a couple of guitars in your background. You a uh, guitar player? I uh, used to be lots of lots of long uh, hair back in the 80s. OK, yeah. Um, and then I, you know, I, I thought I, here's a huge naive confession. I thought like, all right, I want to take the company public and maybe I can breathe just a little bit. So I'm <laughs> yeah. going to get a new guitar and I want to start playing again. And yeah, no. <laughs> Good intentions, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, well, this will be the final question. If there's one or two things the listeners could, you know, if they could implement today and, and apply to in their life right now and help move their, their life forward today, uh, what's one or two pieces of uh, nuggets, if you will, that they could implement and, and help them do so? I, I, it's along the same lines of what I was saying. You got to be passionate about what you're doing. Life is really short. You need to do something you love and, and make a, a big impact. Um, you got to think it through, though. You can't just like, oh, I'm passionate about X and it's just going to magically happen. I'm just going to download miracles from the cloud. You got to be super strategic. Think the whole thing through. And once you convince yourself you're right, then you have to just force what you want to happen to happen. It is not going to take care of it by itself. You know, the the imaginary like, oh, I just got lucky, you know, forget it. Like yeah. you, you really kind of need to put in the work. And, you know, some people criticize like, why are you working 90, 100, 120 hour weeks? Well, part of it is you have to put in the effort. And there's a lot of things that I don't like to do that I have to do, because if you don't do them, like you're you can't move forward. Yeah. Part of it is I love what I do. Right. I mean, um, Friday nights are typically movie night with, uh, with my wife, who I love dearly. And, you know, it's a little weird, but I'm watching the movie. I'm paying attention, but I'm also in the background processing, especially if it's like some crime thing or some terrorist movie yeah. plot or some sci-fi thing. It's like, oh, cool. Did you see that treatment? Oh, that font looks really good. Hey, that's a really cool idea. Like, all I'm doing is like watching the film with like these really weird glasses on and there are night scope glasses and just kind of seeing the world through a different eye. And yeah. it's, it's really important for you to pick early. Um, so you can have that lens on life and don't let life pass you by when you could have been picking up little nuggets here and there um, to get you where you want to go. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, what are a couple of ways we can, you know, find out more about night scope and, and uh, I don't, are, are you on, Social media, you, you don't have any time for that from what it, what it sounds uh, like. I'm, I'm pretty bad at it, but <laughs> if, uh, here, when we do this, if you, um, if you uh, send me a link, uh, a LinkedIn request uh, and put KSCP, which is our ticker symbol, I'll know that you uh, listened or, or watched the show and I'll, I'll be sure to, to accept. Um, also go to nightscope.com and yeah. uh, you know, check us out there. But uh, we're also got the uh, robot roadshow. If you want to see these robots in real life, go to nightscope.com slash roadshow. Uh, it's says uh, crazy aquarium. <laughs> I, I call it the robot aquarium, a bunch of robots in it. 
And we've gone now, I think we've done like 50 stops in two dozen states or something like that okay. um, to get humans to actually get a chance to actually see the, the robots in real life. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, worked out really well. Yeah. We'll get those linked up. And then it, what was that site again? You said if, if we don't want to sleep anymore uh, because we realize how much horrible things are going on when that we don't even recognize. What was that? Oh, just, go, just Google FBI crime clock. Um, and, uh, I think they stopped publishing in a year or two ago, oh, really? but, um, you know, you can look at the 2018, 2019, yeah. gotcha. 2020 statistics. And it's just, you know, every few seconds is a massive property crime or violent crime occurring in our, in our country. And like, everyone just shrugs and go like, that's okay. okay. That's normal. It's not okay. Not okay. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Bill, for, for taking some time with us today. I really appreciate it. It's been great. All right. Well, be good. We'll see you on the other side.